Welcome back to Mortgageonomics Canada. I'm your host, Marco Gello. I'm a duly licensed mortgage broker in British Columbia and Alberta, born and raised in Calgary, currently living in North Vancouver. If you are from either of these provinces and require any mortgage-related services, please do not hesitate to contact me. Call or text me right now at 604-800-9593, 604-800-9593. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. All right, welcome back, everyone. Today's headliner topic, I'm going to talk about qualifying for an investment property mortgage. But before we begin, here's what's on my mind this week. So what's been on my mind so far this year um, is facts, like things that really are not up for debate anymore. Things that we discussed over the past 12 months that we've been debating, but I don't think are no longer for debate. Um, Like inflation, for instance. Since we increased rates by 400 basis points in less than a calendar year, and uh, it's looking like we're not quite done as they're talking about another 25-point increase coming up uh, on January the 25th in a couple of weeks here. So really, 425 basis points when it's all said and done in record time. So, you know, here we are in 2023. Um, Inflation, it, it still sucks. Like... It feels like it's not even looking at us, you know, like like all this hard, painful work we've done in the past year. And we're barely getting a second glance, a second look from inflation. Like it doesn't even notice us. Something's got to give here. And uh, I really do think we'll start seeing it come down, hopefully. And, uh, you know, it, it is. It's still, you know, it's come down, but... The economists are saying, don't get your hopes too high. Like it still is high, but it is coming down and that's positive. So in addition to the rate hiking, there's there's other events that could trigger the rate of inflation in either direction, um, like the war, the ongoing war in, in Ukraine, China, China re-entering the market. Maybe things start getting made quicker and for cheaper. Uh, another inflation easer right there. So supply chain disruptions. Yes, this is still a thing. Supply chain disruptions. Um, another potential inflation easer, you know, as things develop and improve and so on. Then you got an inflation trigger like wage uh, wage price spirals, they call it. And this is when, you know, the labor unions are negotiating for for wage increases, um, you know, because of the inflation over the past 12 months or two years now. And then the businesses, as a result, you know, they'll negotiate the new wages for the employees, but they'll feel that now, okay, you know what, we're going to raise our prices to fund these higher wages. And this is what we call wage price spiraling. So a lot of things that will definitely sway the direction of inflation. And we just basically watch it unfold. And uh, we're at the stage right now where we react accordingly. And, and we're going to be seeing a lot of that in the next year. Uh, just uh, the, the economists, the, the central banks of the world reacting accordingly. Here's another fact. Housing markets have cooled. Okay, so that, that is fact. Yes, they have indeed cooled, but the degree of cooling varies from province to province in Canada. Um, then even more so, when you expand the search regionally, then locally, furthermore, you 
know, municipally, all the sections of the cities and the quadrants and so on, all the way down to the particular communities in cities. So my point here is don't be driven by the vague national averages that that we hear on the radio and in social media. If you're a buyer or a seller, connect with an experienced realtor and ask for an analysis of your particular neighborhood or the area you are interested in in buying in. So for instance, like Toronto is apparently or evidently getting hit hard. But then you look at Calgary, you know, the residential work permits came up, came out and, and they're up suddenly for the month of December after six consecutive declining months. So prices there appear to be holding steady despite the elevated interest rate environment that we're currently in. Then, of course, there's Vancouver. Prices still remain elevated, mainly due to a crisis-like inventory shortage, uh, which is a forever ongoing topic here. You will find the odd bargain here and there, but for the most part, it continues to be a supply and demand-driven market. So if you're looking to get in or sell out, uh, you you got to really dive into the analysis and, and peel the onion here. And another another item that's just confusing things right now and, and I, I believe setting unreasonable expectations with sellers these days is, uh, <clears throat> especially in, in Vancouver, I don't know in other regions, but we just received our property tax assessments. And it, it, many people don't know that property tax assessments are a snapshot of what the market was either in June or July of the previous year. So now you got a bunch of home homeowners who are holding, you know, holding the market to these values. And it's it's just not correct. Like totally not correct. These this is from, you know, July or or June. So these numbers are not relevant right now. There's been declines in certain mar- certain markets or some markets have plateaued and and just maintained the same path and and who knows, you may find some some gem community out there where it's, it's slightly appreciated, but uh, I think that would be rare. So heads up on that, um, the property tax assessments causing unreasonable expectations um, in the market right now. More facts. Um, love or hate oil, like Alberta oil. Alberta is quietly getting set to significantly boost its pipeline capacity in the next 12 months or so. Um, and this is, of course, when the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion completes. So this will more than double Alberta's current pipeline capacity to uh, almost 900,000 barrels a day. I think it's like 890,000 barrels. Uh, currently, it's 300,000. So this will definitely have some type of measured uh, type of wealth effect, you know, mainly from the tax coffers of the provincial government of Alberta, of course, but also the the federal tax vaults. And uh, this will, you know, it'll only be a good thing that will make the overall balance sheet better for Alberta and and all of Canada, right? So pretty good thing. But of course, meanwhile, you know, the hate continues to pile on Alberta and its uh, natural resource sector. But uh, not me. I'm cheering on the sidelines. Go Alberta, go. And... uh, yeah, thank God for big oil in Canada, or else uh, it'd be horrible right now. Uh, and my final fact on my mind here, the ongoing labor shortage in almost all of Canada's major cities. Uh, Canadians are aging at a great rate, 
then they are reproducing, right? So that, that goes without saying. You don't need to, a degree in rocket science to know <clears throat> that this will drive wages up. And furthermore, at the very least, trigger some degree of inflation. And, and what are we doing about it? Well, we're not increasing our birth rate. That's for sure. I mean, we're not, we're not seeing a growing demographic of family of fives out there. Um, we're clearly not replacing ourselves and we're continuing on that pattern. Last time I checked, there's no, no baby boom going on in Canada at all. So what does a developed nation like Canada do to address this? Um, it does what all wealthy nations do. It throws money at the problem. And we have no choice but to ramp up our immigration intake um, to levels we never imagined. This, this will help, but it's not a direct one-for-one one, uh, replacement. Immigration is wonderful, and it boosts, it, like it provides a boost for sure, but it's also expensive, and it could also be conflicting and disappointing. And in o- optimal scenarios, for example, new Canadians will, will enter the country, they'll assimilate, and they'll occupy vacancies of jobs that cannot be filled by Canadians. But it can also be frustrating and expensive if the newcomer cannot find employment um, or they're no longer eligible in their chosen profession as a result of uh, Canada's stringent standards for employment. You know, case in point, the uh, engineers out there or the doctors that come from different countries and they can't find the same employment here. And uh, instead, they're, they're occupying labor positions or driving a cab, or, or whatever, right? So uh, very frustrating for the newcomer who comes here, highly qualified, but, but can't work. Um, so the immigration boom we're currently experiencing, it, it's a work in progress. It's pretty damn good, but it's not perfect. And uh, it will absolutely continue to impact our real estate and rental market across the country. All right. Um, that's it for here's what's on my mind let's move on to deals of the week here's what's on my desk this is a brief recap and description of files that I am currently working on maybe you've been wondering if some of these applications apply to you or someone you know and if they do don't hesitate to call me right now 604-800-9593 alright got a few uh, divorce and separation files going on these past couple of weeks and uh, not surprising, after all, the divorce rate is still 50% in Canada. And for the most part, everything is going smoothly, pretty much the standard scenario. Um, the sale of the matrimonial home, then the new purchases for each spouse. And as I was saying before, we're not replacing um, ourselves these days or you know, this entire generation. In fact, we are dividing and conquering. And uh, that's taking up a lot of real estate as well so you know through marital breakdown family breakdowns we have people moving out of one house and now occupying two houses sometimes even more so um yeah we're doing quite a few of those applications uh in the particular one i'm working on i'm wrapping up the remaining spouse uh purchase for the second property so um, they sold off their, their property and they, they're buying two condos. So every so often I'm seeing the new age separations, um, as I like to refer to them to my underwriters, where a couple separates, 
but they don't formally divorce, like no lawyers. So they don't draft a separation agreement. They just live apart. So, so yeah, like a, an amicable breakup, so to say. And, and rather than providing a separation agreement to the lender, as it is typically a default requirement with all lenders, the, uh, the couple, the divorced or separated couple, simply agree to performing a statutory declaration um, at the lawyer's office in, in uh, absence of the separation agreement, which is essentially a statement in which you declare very specific things. And in this instance, it's a statement declaring that there are no spousal or child support payments in this particular deal I'm working on. And of course, that was the case for my file as, as this separated couple lived apart, uh, but continued to care for their two children. Um, the properties were located within three kilometers of each other, and it turned out to be a nice transitional way to go about separating, um, especially with kids still in play. The foreign ban is uh, keeping me very busy these days. Still getting lots of calls, just helping people realize really that they no longer are eligible to purchase a property until January 1st, 2025. And I'm speaking primarily of uh, work permit holders. But just yesterday, I received a call from a newly arrived work permit holder, which under the foreign ban is not eligible to purchase a residential property. We're aware of that. But this newcomer did his homework and was inquiring about purchasing a multifamily property. So that kind of caught me off guard. But hell yeah. So let's get to work on it. I'm, I'm doing research. And at the moment, I'm consulting with a few immigration lawyers trying to get some clarification and confirmation to make sure this temporary resident is permitted in purchasing a property that exceeds three units because that's a definition of a residential property that you're not eligible for. So um, apparently you can buy, if I understand correctly, a triplex and up. So I always love getting these applications where I don't know the answer. It just gets me super intrigued and obsessed about finding the process or solution. So getting to the bottom of it on this one and uh, I'll fill you in as things develop. And uh, what else? Lastly, I'll, I'll end with this one. I got um, I got an inquiry a few weeks ago for a commercial property um, that currently has one mortgage spread out over two of their buildings, and this is uh, what we call an inter alia mortgage, or or even a blanket mortgage, as many like to call it. But they want it broken down and secured against just one of their buildings you know, for their own own reasons. They, they want one of the properties freed up. So the owner can't get any attention from their existing lender, which is uh, one of Canada's big five banks. Um, so then I got a call to explore the file and provide some options. Uh, I'm at the proposal stage, as in I've proposed my offer, and I'm just waiting to to hear back from the, uh, from the client to see if they want to proceed. And um, yeah, I, it's it's pretty good deal. Like, I mean, they're, they're winning with my proposal here. It's just a matter of uh, a couple of conditions, whether they can satisfy them or not. Um, I really like doing commercial deals. It's so interesting learning about the company and how they, the, you know, the business and how they have evolved over the years. Um, <clears throat> so many good stro- stories out there and people wanting to make things happen. Uh, really cool. I love it. The whole entrepreneurial and, and business owner mindset. As I mentioned last episode, lots of inspiring and motivating stories. Um, 
Let me see here. Oh, one more. Also, just this week, it's kind of like the tide is starting to turn. I'm feeling uh, suddenly receiving a good chunk of long-standing pre-approved applicants um, that have, you know, come out of the woodwork, really, and just reached out to me, like kind of checking in and letting me know that they are getting ready. Um, it, interesting, uh, you know, it, it'll... I'm at the stage right where where I'm kind of determined. Is are you still in tire kicking mode or is it showtime? So it'll be interesting to see if we, you know, if they move and shake here or if they're just poking up for some air and having a quick look. And uh, almost all of them, I would say, are of the younger variety, like the 30 to 40 age group, um, either young starter families or single unmarried applicants. But um both groups, I'm feeling kind of a ramp up here. So hopefully a sign of things to come. Okay, so that's a wrap. Let's move on to today's headliner topic, qualifying for an investment property mortgage. Wondering whether to proceed with a fixed or a variable mortgage? Why not pick both? There's a mortgage just for that. In fact, there's a mortgage that allows you the flexibility to configure it any way you desire. I call them hybrid mortgages. So let's say you have a $500,000 mortgage. If you wanted to, you could configure it so that $200,000 is allocated in a five-year fixed rate, $100,000 as a five-year variable, and the remaining $200,000 as a home equity line of credit. And better yet, every year you receive a detailed statement from the lender that outlines the cumulative interest charges for each configured mortgage. If you want to learn more, shoot me a text or give me a ring at 604-800-9593, 604-800-9593, or look me up at homefinancingsolutions.ca. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. And now, back to the episode. There's been a lot of talk about rental properties lately, so I figured it's time to talk about mortgage qualification for rental properties. For the most part, it's the same type of guideline as though you were purchasing an owner-occupied principal residence property. But of course, there are some key differences that I will discuss. Here are five key points to be aware of when qualifying for a mortgage for the purpose of purchasing a rental investment property. Number one, keep your day job. Personal income is still one of the most impactful parts of your mortgage application. If you are self-employed, you will need an established tenure of at least two years, and your declared income will have to be adequate enough to service the mortgage after all applicable rental income offsets are applied. Many of the so-called self-employed programs in the market are ineligible when it comes to purchasing investment rental properties. Unless you declare a very high self-employed income, which would be line 150 of your notice of assessment, salaried or hourly jobs are typically a more favorable income type for qualification purposes. Number two, if you own additional properties with mortgages, consider maximizing the amortization periods on them. This could significantly reduce the overall debt servicing ratio of your application thereby enhancing your chances of qualifying for an additional property or even multiple more properties. Number three, lenders do not accept short-term rental income, like Airbnb, for example. They do not accept short-term rental income for qualification purposes. Instead, they use long-term market rentals or leases. If you have not yet secured a tenant for your rental property, the lender will request a market rent evaluation from an appraiser, which will be used as qualifying rental income 
For example, if you are able to generate $7,000 per month in short-term rental vacancies, but the going rate to lease your property is $2,500 a month, it is the $2,500 that will be used for qualification purposes, not the $7,000. Number four, once the qualifying rental income has been determined, it is then applied to the rental income formula of the selected lender. The amount of the rental income that is eligible for qualification purposes varies significantly from lender to lender. Lenders will allow you to use anywhere from 50% to as high as 80% of the rental income as eligible qualifying income. Furthermore, depending on the lender, the eligible income is either added to the overall qualifying income of the application or it is applied as an offset against the overall liabilities of your application. The more impactful of the two is when a lender applies the rental income as an offset against the overall liabilities of your application. In some cases, an applicant will opt for the higher interest rate lenders simply because they incorporate the liability offset method to their adjudication process rather than the far less impactful add to overall income method. And finally, number five, select the product, term, and amortization of your rental property mortgage. Do so with the mindset of setting up financing for a small business. This is a critical decision as it cements your highest fixed expense cost, your mortgage payment. Analyze the different terms, rates, and amortizations, and determine which is most suitable for you. This is where you can firm up your cost and expense ratio and determine the outcome of your monthly cash flow. Will you have a positive cash flow where your rental income exceeds your mortgage payment and other peripheral expenses like property tax maintenance and contingency? Or will you have a negative cash flow where your mortgage payment and peripheral expenses exceed your rental income? Or perhaps it might be something in between. Whatever the case may be, most success stories adhere to one main principle to drive their decision-making process. Remove emotion from the equation and let mathematics drive your next move. If the math doesn't add up, don't do it. Interested in purchasing your first rental property or expanding upon your current rental portfolio? Call me right now at 604-800-9593. That's all I got for today. Call or text me anytime if you have any mortgage questions at all, especially if you are in British Columbia or Alberta as I am licensed to service these specific provinces. And especially if you are from Vancouver or Calgary, as I am very familiar with these markets. And of course, I welcome calls and emails from all over the world for those that are in the process of or have recently relocated or immigrated to Canada from elsewhere. Call or text me at 604-800-9593 or you can get me on WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger or just go ahead and link up to my website, homefinancingsolutions.ca. Thank you again for tuning into Mortgage Genomics Canada. Stay well, everyone. Talk again soon.